Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 19, now ready for departure. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're entering the vacation kingdom of the world. There's enough land here to hold all of the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. We call it Epcot. will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast. Taking you back to the vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was, and the way it is in your memories. All right, welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast, the official podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society. This is episode 83.5, Glowing in Timeless Places, where we'll be taking you to Tammy Tucky and her new album of that title. Sitting with me always from the city of brotherly love, Mr. Brian Miles. How are you tonight, Brian? Greetings and salutations from Philadelphia, the home of Disney 100, the premier exhibition for celebrating the 100th anniversary of Walt Disney Productions. And and as we heard, you're getting Aerosmith early too, right? We are getting the first, <laughs> the first, the first. Philadelphia's the first date for Aerosmith's final tour. Yeah. So, look at that. so if you want to go and uh, see them without looping an, an indoor roller coaster that makes you sick. Yeah. Uh, you could just go sit in the oh, Wells Fargo center exactly. and watch them make you sick uh, without motion. That's right. And coming in from Ohio, Mr. JT Couser, who I know you, you got another painting from it's hanging behind you tonight, JT, the, the painting by David, David Coolidge. And, and I understand you bought one for mother's day. From David. I did, yeah. yeah well, just, your, your mom doesn't listen to the show, right? This isn't going to spoil mother's day for her. No, she does not. Uh, and uh, we can't no. release this till Father's Day. Now that's it. <laughs> no, I thought she would enjoy that. Does so she I have good taste? And... Is the question. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good watercolor, right? Yeah, you, you know, you hit like your fortieth. JT, by the way, happy birthday! JT just celebrated his fortieth oh, yeah. birthday. Oh, yeah, two, two months ago. I'm back, forty, older back, than forty now. Back in the day, they used to call that over the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because nobody lived to 80. <laughs> so they just, they just I just saw pictures of my dad's 40th birthday party. That was something. And how old did he look? Uh, eh, about the same as me. Right. <laughs> He's holding up well. There you it's go. good. It's good to hear. Yeah, excited to be here. Welcome to our guest uh, who you're going to introduce soon. So yeah. this is exciting. Hey, coming in from Tampa, well, St. Petersburg, we always get that... Uh, uh, Mr. Howe Bowers, how are you tonight? How aloha. aloha. Doing yeah. good, doing good. That's good. The other side uh, of the bridge. The other side of the bridge. That's right. Uh I I I had a little I had two drinks at Trader Sam's last week, just so you know how. So I did enjoy the shipwreck on the rocks is still on the off menu. If you ask for it, it's still there. Oh, fantastic. Uh it's not the same in the plastic cups that have been there for a while. It is definitely better in a ceramic mug. But uh and then I had the uh the zombie, which oh. uh my wife said it tastes like cigarettes. So I don't know why what? it came to, yeah, <laughs> like an ashtray. I don't know. Let me Did ask she grab one that was sitting in the, the lobby of the Polynesian <laughs> that somebody snuffed their cigarette out on? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. How many just, cigarettes has she eaten in her life to know what they taste like? <laughs> Not many. Well, it's funny. After she said it, I said, okay, I see what you, you meant. And I, I, 
I think this it's not the all spice dram, but I think there's some bitters or something in there that did have more. There was a cinnamon mix uh, and, and something else in, in the zombie, but it's mostly rum. Sorry, Lieutenant Dan. She tastes yeah. like cigarettes. Oh, it's got <laughs> so it's got falernum and yeah. uh, and then they use a thing called BG Reynolds uh, Paradise Blend. That's which probably is, what it I is. think is like a passion fruit and then a lush mm. grenadine, which has uh, some hibiscus. So theirs is a little funky. <laughs> okay. So it's a, a little different. There's the cigarette. Yeah. Uh, there's but a, if, all right. Oh, and Nick and a lucky strike. Right. <laughs> That's exactly. Just mash down to mash that Muddled the strike. That's how, that's how Walt liked it. <laughs> exactly. So he, would uh, have, he would have a lucky strike smashed. <laughs> zombie every night before he went to bed yeah with, a little, a little it, with, his, ice with his ice cream yeah i say they sprinkled the lucky strike on the ice cream it's like uh, like crushed sprinkles. nuts just yeah scotch, <laughs> scotch just... mist was a before dinner drink and the <laughs> lucky strike muddled zombie was his after dinner drink Where... oh, oh man where's well, the sprinkles i, <laughs> I will hey, say be... hazel the other the night after or before we went over to Enchanted Rose and had a very stiff drink over there. So the old fashioned there is fantastic. If anybody likes good old Where? fashioned, Jeff the Enchanted Rose. Rose. It's oh, the, the former Meisner's. Meisner's. The former Meisner's. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and I did learn that the band is still playing. There's a local joint where the band goes and plays. Uh, it's just a few miles from Disney World, and I'll have to check the. But anyway, we're not here to talk about their music. We're here to talk about Tammy Tucky's music. Tammy, welcome to the show. You've been on here before. You've been at our events. You, you're on albums. You're on podcasts. You have your own podcasts. You're probably on TV. You're on YouTube. Don't even know it. But Tammy Tucky, welcome to the show. Hi again. How's it going, you guys? Good. good welcome. To hear and see you all. <laughs> Always good to have our adopted podcast sister here. That's right. Aww. I'm honored. I'm so lucky. I'm so glad and blessed that we are like all good friends now. I just can't, I can't believe it's been, what was the first show was 2019? Was that the first yes, one? Yes, that was our first uh, stage show. Yes. And we tried to book you when you were three, but your parents just refused <laughs> at that young age, I believe. She was already on TV when she was That's three. Right. <laughs> Two, one, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So how I know you've listened to the album, we've all, we've all listened to it, and uh, you've been talking to Tammy a little bit about it and different things that it encompasses. Oh, Brian's got a copy. He's showing it right a there. copy of my compact disc, right? Right exactly here. the cd the cd um and uh brian's do you have a cd player in the car still do you have one i do not have a so now the not. new okay. car uh, the 2020 model does not have a compact disc player in it. it's amazing how that's going the way of the cassette player but anyway i digress but how take take us through the album a little bit here and uh tell us a little bit about what's what's inside yeah so so actually the the genesis of this kind of is our retro magic event because we were uh you know, we were running around doing stuff and I think we had a, a break between, uh, you know, between sessions and I heard no less than three, four or five people come up to Tammy during the course of the show and go like, when are you putting out the next album? When are you putting out the next album? When are you putting out the next album? <laughs> and, and so at one point I pulled her aside and I said, so when are we putting, when are you going to put out the next album? <laughs> and, um, just a couple of months before that, I was able to sit down with Mike McKee from uh, who's a, who's a fan of the show and, and a friend of ours uh, from the band Delta Ray and their band had an amazing Kickstarter campaign that funded their album like 14 times over. And so I thought, well, okay, I, I don't know if we'll be able to do that, 
but it, but at least we should be able to fund these days, you know, crowd crowdsource and fund a new album for Tammy. So I pulled her aside and I said, I, I think you could do this. I, I, I really think you can with all the folks that we had at Retro Magic and people asking for things, plus her own show, you know, all, all the wonderful stuff she does is like, I, I really felt like we could make this a reality. And it had been what, five years yeah, the, the first one was You'll Find Me on Main Street, which w- w- wasn't a CD. It was just like, you know, one of those digital releases. And that was only seven songs. That was 2018. So because yeah. that was I think that was another reason you guys asked me to come to the next show, because you're like, we want Ali Omo there. Do you mind coming? And I think that was what kind of spearheaded that, too, which was great. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the time was right to to do something else and there was you know there was obviously a bunch of stuff in the mix like epcot was turning 40 and and the first one was as you said was main street focused and so for the second one we kind of threw around the idea of like oh maybe it's a little more at least thematically packaging stuff it's a little more epcotty so it it seemed to yeah. fit into the time uh and and then you went and actually picked out some like really deep cut Epcot songs uh, for it, along along with a lot of in the other, archives. <laughs> yeah, along with a lot of other lovely ones too. Um, but uh, I mean, you kick off the album with a song that got played like once, all the way through at Epcot, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We've just begun to dream, which was the opening day song, and 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 you were the reason that we even were able to do it on the album because Disney was like I don't think we released this and I said well guess what we approve and that was because of how because apparently they used part of the song for a Disneyland Paris show for whatever reason yeah. so that was our loophole to to being able to start the album with this you know first instrumental piece that uh, James Clark who did some of the instrumentals um he created this it, it's like a Tron Epcot sound that he begins the album with and a lot of people are like why are you why are you making this so long and I'm like I want to because this is the beginning of the album this is the journey right we're we're getting into into the Disney mindset of being in the parks. So, um, and I didn't want to do it by myself. So I asked Ali Omo if she would do another song with me. And then I asked Sally Stevens, who was the original singer of Tomorrow's Child, if she would be willing to sing too. So it was the three of us on this on this track. That's cool. All right, so, so let's play that so the folks can hear that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Ali and um, Sally when we come out of it. So here it is, here's We've Just Begun to Dream.
In your heart there's a place, a magical space, where it all begins. With your mind as a guide, you light up inside, and it starts to spin. So, Tammy, tell us a little bit more about uh, Allie and Sally and, and who they are, uh, what they've worked on to Disney, how how we would know them, because um, their voices are kind of instrumental uh, for the music of Eptide. I think. Yeah, they're probably I think a lot of people recognize recognize their voices almost immediately because you can hear them on almost every single Disney Park album. So Sally Stevens was the original singer of Tomorrow's Child um, for Spaceship Earth at Epcot. And Allie was the original singer for Two Brothers, which is featured in The American Adventure. And now it's also featured at Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln in Disneyland. So um, I thought what a, what a joy it would be to have them collaborate on another Epcot song and all three of us and all three of our voices kind of come together and sing this opening song. And um, it was such a treat because um, I, I've always wanted to sing with Sally and this was like the greatest excuse ever. And then we kind of found out that um, her ex-husband wrote the song only maybe like a month and a half ago because <laughs> she she was like oh I, she because she was looking it up and and um and she thinks she actually was probably one of the chorus singers on the track when they opened up the park she doesn't know for sure but she thinks she was because she's like it's familiar so i guess it, it, it i guess it's just kind of 
Uh, Interesting how it all comes together. <laughs> I'm going to take the opportunity to plug her book, but I don't remember the title. Isn't it I Sung That or yes, something I sang like that? that? I think I yeah. sang that. Yeah. She, she, she recently put out a book because she sang, she's sung like hundreds of things that you know from commercials and you know, professional recording tracks and session musicians. And, uh, so great stories, something to take a look for Sally Stevens. Uh, I sang that. She's brilliant. So yeah, it was, it was great. So they both recorded at the recording studio together, that song. And I, that was in California and I recorded my part over here in Philly. And I just loved how uh, Brendan, who was our mixer, kind of mixed it together because I told him I, I want us to go a little Xanadu on it with the vocals because <laughs> uh, I was thinking oh, a little bit of the Greek goddesses, Olivia Newton-John, like that sound effect going on. So he was like, oh, I know what you're talking about. So that's what we kind of did with the, with the vocals. And I just oh, I, I love it. I love how it comes together. <laughs> yeah. And I think. The thing that kind of strikes me about the album as a whole that I really like is it's not just like, you know, sometimes people just, you know, they remake the song note for note and it's exactly the way that it was before. And what you've done for all of the songs is a different take on them. So it is songs that we all know are familiar with. It's like, but it's really the Tammy Tucky version of (laughs) these songs. And, And with that one, you know, this we've just begun to dream there are some 80s kind of throwback things to it but it's done in a modern way too it's like it's not just as you said it's like it kind of like plays off a little bit of the daft punk like tron soundtrack at the beginning which is wholly appropriate if you're going to do like something you know modern and epcot but also a little bit retro so Mm -hmm. it's a really really cool way that you brought all that stuff together I think that's the hardest part is when you want to do covers, first of all, you don't want to get people mad that you're that you're changing their 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 precious songs. Cause I understand. I I I love all of these songs very dearly. Um, but then you don't you don't want to be a duplicate of everything that you've heard because it, it's it's I, I find it absolutely exasperating when I hear that a new celebrity is doing a Disney album because it's the same 10 songs and it's the same 10 ways of singing the same song. And I just want something new. So when James Clark, um, who is uh an instrumentalist in London, and Josh Freelich, who works in New York as an instrumentalist. Um, when we just zoomed together, we kind of, I ta- told them what I was hearing in my head and what I wanted to do for each song. Cause I wanted to make them unique. And then they kind of just went and played and then they would send what they had done. And I'd be like, Oh, I like that. Or tweak this a little bit. And, and it was just really a collaborative pro- process via the computer. That's because yeah. we never got to see each other and do it. I think that's the tricky thing with covers too, is you, you want to give you want to pay respect to the original song, make it your own, change it. I noticed you changed the tempos on a couple, which I, I think they're great. They threw me for a little bit loop. I'm like, wait, this is not the veggie, veggie fruit fruit. I know, but it's still fun. Right. And, and here's, yep. here's something I always find with covers because I was listening to a cover playlist on Spotify today, not Disney, just to, I'm like, Oh, that's what that lyric is because you sang it. And it actually happened to one of the songs like, Oh, I totally know the lyrics now. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, but it it was, it's really interesting. And then how, and I were going back and forth a little bit about some of the Disney CD albums that there was a, it was three or four. Oh, we'll, get, or th- we'll get to that. Talk. Oh, we're getting, I'm I, getting, I have that. Side. I have that in the seg- in later on. In the <laughs> I segment. didn't read the show notes. Well, I, I got to well, go through but this. But while we're talking about, 
Tammy saying you have to be careful not to make anybody mad. Todd, it reminded me of the conversations we've had in Zoom <laughs> because you sound like my dad and <laughs> I sound like my dad in that we hate when people sing the national anthem. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Aretha Franklin it up, you know, all of a sudden it's instead of just singing the national anthem, it's and you're like, what is happening here? Like, this is not the national anthem. Uh, he, he used to get so mad when when that would yeah. happen, when suddenly there was like a seven minute version of the what? national anthem as they held notes for 30 seconds at a time. And What was the one we did back in July for uh, the July 4th special for Disney oh, World? Remember Sandy, that one? Wasn't it Sandy Patty? Wasn't Sandy Patty. Oh, that was like oh, unbelievable. Boy, Maybe thing. we can need to play a clip was, here of that too, because boy, it, that was something. All right. We'll see everybody back in 10 minutes. All right. We'll yeah. be back. Here we go. my grandpa just so you know so <laughs> oh well, that's okay JT, low blow but we'll take it <laughs> you said you sound like your dad's it's about the same age so thanks <laughs> so by brian i think you're the one that got us hooked up with tammy do you guys kind of remember what the beginnings were of how you what what how we met and how we first interfaced with with tammy it's a weird, I, and I know we had Tammy on before, and I, you know, I chatted about the fact that I I knew of her father before I knew her. So in my you know twenty years ago, I used to watch his infomercials on cable while I was babysitting my nephew, because her dad has this um, vaudevillian Three Stooges sense of humor, and he would produce these low budget videos half hour commercials advertising his arcade video game and pinball brian do we have a clip uh, can we sales. go to the can we go to the clip all the excitement of pinball action can be yours you can own your very own machine at a price that's remarkably affordable of the silver ball in your private home classic pinball my 
like the incomparable Pinbot. The colors and the sounds. Even classic style CD jukeboxes. You can finish your whole game room off and select games from the largest showroom in the world. So for the next 30 minutes, stay tuned as we take you on a trip down memory lane and show you how easy it is to own your very own pinball machine or classic video game. Uh, but there was a running gag. I remember with an inflatable hand getting caught in things all the time. And anyway, so I always knew who Todd Tucky was and TNT amusements. There's the plug. And uh, somewhere when we started doing all of this, uh, you know, I stumbled across Tammy's podcast that she'd been doing since she was like eight years old and uh, <laughs> interviewing like Imagineers and stuff that we had been trying to get in touch with. And somehow we hooked up. But what I I, mean, I remember when I met her uh, was when she was raising money. She did a cabaret at a at a library about five minutes from my apartment and oh my god uh, she yes. did yeah she did a fundraising <laughs> night there and matt fussfield our buddy matt from new jersey came over and we went together to see the the cabaret that night and that's the <laughs> night tammy and i met irl uh in real life for you olds out there <laughs> and i put all of my raffle tickets in the uh win a party at tnt amusements basket and i won it so oh yeah yeah so we ended up throwing my friend alex's 40th birthday party there in the middle of a raging snowstorm oh Um, wow but uh yeah we had a blast and so uh tammy and i have been bosom buddies ever since I know it's been so long. I think I think you emailed me. I'm trying to remember. I think you emailed me about Kareen Cook um, from Horizons. Yes, she came to your first the, your first event you had, and yes. it was the Living Seas, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't there, but I, I think I connected you guys, and then that just kind of I think that was that was how we met. Basically, I, I think <laughs> your memory. I mean, that is I remember that all occurred. That you're the one that hooked us up with Corinne and. Uh, and she, she and it was great. Like she yeah. was so thrilled to do it. And then I, that really, and then you guys started doing bigger events and I got to go to the next one. Whoa. I was honored. You asked me, I was like, oh, nobody's ever asked me to do any, like go to any event before. So I was like, Oh, thank you. And that was such a fun time because then I got to meet Ali Olmo in person who was the original singer of two brothers. And that was, we just had such a great like weekend. Cause we were practicing and she was so nervous and I was so nervous, but we were thrilled to be there. So it was, it was a great, great, great weekend. Well, it all went fine uh, that night. And then two years ago, we had you with George Wilkins and, and uh, on stage at uh, our last retro magic event. And you'll be at our next retro magic event. And when we announce everybody that's coming, uh you'll figure out where tammy's gonna fit into all that but we'll give you like a little sneak peek tonight probably (laughs) what we're talking about yes so so why don't we play two brothers and listen to that because it's a great duet and let's let's from from her first album so yeah uh, and that was the song that was performed at uh at retro magic 2019 all Mm -hmm. right so so let's listen to a little of that right now Yeah. 
So that was two brothers and um, this, you actually got to do a longer version of this than what we um, experienced in the American Adventure attraction, right? So tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about, about working with Allie and the, this, the mystery third verse and how you found it. And Well, we were, we were, we were digging and trying to hunt to where exactly, because we ha- you have to get the approval and, and pay the rights to license the song. And she and I were like trying to find where the song was. And, and she, we finally found a, um, like a, an online posting from like the nineties that kind of led us on a trail to find, you know, the song of where, where it's now based oh. now from Irving Gordon. So, so, so I should break in and say like that song was not, not written for the American adventure. It is actually no. had a life before the American adventure and was 
brought and used on it, right? Correct. Yeah, I think it was written in the early 1900s, actually. Okay. So, um, and so we we found where the publisher were, was, and then we found that there was a third additional verse about um, the wives of the brothers, uh, because we have the, the the two brothers about them, and then the mother, and you know, caring for her sons, and that was Ali said that was the what was pitched to her was that she was the voice of the mother basically, or the voice of mothers, um, because originally the song was supposed to be sung by a, a gentleman. And um, I believe it was Jane Jackson and the Imagineer Jane Jackson, who asked Allie just to record it, took the cassette, put it on Randy Bright's table. And after lunch, Randy Bright went up to her and said, I, I think we, I think you're right. We need a female vocalist on this song and let's use Allie. And then that's just the way it happened, you know, just because Jane and Allie were good friends and she was doing it as a favor. We found the third verse and we're like, okay, great. Now we can extend it. And then Allie's a wonderful guitarist. So we put in this instrumental break for her to do her own guitar um, riff, her own little piece. And it just really um, came together so beautifully and 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 it's haunting, uh, this new haunting rendition that we did together. I listened to it. And not not because I like to toot my own horn. I just sometimes like to listen to it because um, I love the extended version of it. So <laughs> it's really well done. I mean, there's you know, I it, it's my it's favorite just, track you know, on that album. Just for um, yeah, you know. Thank you. I know. I love that one yeah, too. And you guys did a great job when you did it live at our show too. I we were so nervous. We were practicing in the female the, the female bathroom, um, just like our harmonies. It was so much fun. Like we were really excited to do it, but I think he was more nervous than I was because there's so many people, and I don't think she understood how much she is loved in the Disney community. Now she knows because <laughs> everybody kept coming up to her and it was just a beautiful thing just to kind of sit back and watch this happen for her. And uh, it was great. So, yeah. It's it was, so wonderful it was... to see that because I, I, that's a very, as you know, Tammy, it's a very common theme that, that we, we stumble upon. If people don't realize how much joy and, and that they've created with whether it's songs or carpet on the wall or what what have you it's uh or, or fountains right. they just don't understand and and logos like with norm you know so yeah uh, yeah you hit the nail on the head there it was, it was i'm glad that you know ali was nervous for, going oh my goodness this is a totally different reason and totally unexpected Mm -hmm. And even though we had like a little, it was like, I think it was like just an audio snafu. Um, how Save the Day came out. I was like, okay, stop. We're going to do it again and do it the <laughs> right way. And it was great. Like, cause Allie and I were so nervous. I Usually I say something and I'm like, okay, stop. But I just didn't know what to do. I was so nervous. So I'm so glad you came in there, Al, and saved the day for us. Cause we couldn't hear ourselves for a second. <laughs> and kudos to our friends at Encore Audiovisual for having a spare cable. Andy, yes, to be able to plug in. It was almost like when the Spinal Tap, when the you know when the pods won't open, he runs out there and he's like plugging in the <laughs> wires and trying to get it open. Right? It's, it's like, I got it. I got. It's got there with the house under there with the blowtorch trying to get everything hooked up together. <laughs> it was great. It was so funny, but you know, it was it worked out just fine. <laughs> was um was that Allie's first time seeing the American Adventure when she came for our show? Yes. Yes. Wow. She, so we 
we were bad girls and we snuck out of your dessert party because she had never seen the show before. And um, I believe the woman who was working with you guys from Disney, she snuck us in through the front door. And so we saw the last, last show of the night. And um, and then they let us stay and we sang inside the Voices of Liberty, you know, little rotunda. We sang the song and they filmed it for us. Well, and it was just magical. Tammy, I'm going to send you a package. I still have some Brookies and some and some cookies left from that event in my freezer. So I'm going to say I do. I do still have them. So since you oh missed the dessert God. party, I might present those to you. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get some. She too. was so happy. So I apologize. We took her. I took her away no, from you. No, no, no. But she like and, and then when we told the cast members, they actually made an announcement before the show and said who she oh, was. Wow. So it was great. And then they told us that they had met the little girl, the older of the not the baby, the little girl from the two brothers. Um, so they told us that story too so it was just it was a wonderful moment for her and like she it was it was she just couldn't believe it when she was there so thanks for letting us escape for a little oh, bit yeah, but we came back <laughs> so if you're listening to the show and you were in that show when that announcement <laughs> happened that's we'd like to hear your story now. yeah that's i want to hear about that that amazing cameo experience yeah what a, what a <laughs> night for those people it was like 15 they're all tired <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay. And then they, we watched the show and then they all like left and we just hung around for a little bit. So it was really, really great. <laughs> I, uh, a completely unrelated, but experience similar nonetheless, uh, one of Paul McCartney shows in Philadelphia, let's say 2010 ish. Uh, I, where my seat was, was as you know, the stage was all the way, the floor was, I was off the floor, but looked all the way across straight directly at the stage. And in front of me was the soundboard. And there was this ancient looking guy sitting at the soundboard with, you know, the test the sound techs. And about halfway through the show, Paul McCartney motions and says, you know, and we made our debut in 1964. We were booked into the Carnegie Hall by a guy named Sid Bernstein. Sid Bernstein's here tonight, you know, back here, Sid, stand up. And so this guy that looked like the man protecting the uh, the 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 cup of Christ in Indiana Jones and the last crusade yeah, uh, stands up and gives a wave. I think Sid Bernstein died like six months later, but it wow. was just the neatest thing for like, I'd heard that story told a million times that when he booked them into the Carnegie hall, he told the, the concert hall that they were an English quartet, which was true. Because he didn't tell them they were a rock band. <laughs> and uh like they shook the paintings off the wall when they played and uh uh you know so sid bernstein is a bit of a legend because wow. he booked the first beatles tour in america and booked them in carnegie hall so That's i got to see cool. sid bernstein you know oh my gosh wow nice <laughs> that's a great story yeah that's cool so on the subject of duets you have another duet on your new album uh for uh, for the the song from O Canada, um, so let's play that and give that a listen because I I I I love this one. I think it's really beautiful. Canada. 
So, Tammy, tell us about who you're singing that song with, because this is a person that I'm I wasn't familiar with, but uh, I'm sure it's it's somebody that you it sounds like someone that, you know, well. And so let's let's hear about Cyrano. So Cyrano um, is somebody that I actually just met last year because not in person, but um, I had been following this production of Napoleon. It was a musical that debuted in Canada and now it's going to be overseas. And they were doing like a test run of it um, just to see if people wanted to come see it. And uh, I think he's playing the villain part in it, I believe. Um, and the whole thing is in French. Um, uh, so I, I and there was no English translations when I was watching it from here in the United States at six in the morning because uh, it was 7 p.m. over there. And um, I think it was I think they were doing the show in Japan. And <laughs> so I, I saw him perform it and um, I just messaged him and the rest of the cast. And I was like, 
like the only probably American following along of what was going on over there. And I was just like so blown away by their talent. So I was just messaging him and I was like, you know, I'm doing this album and I really don't want to butcher the French portion of this song. And I love your voice. Would you be willing to, you know, sing the the, the male portion of, uh, well, it was the originally the female portion of the song. I said, but I'm going to switch it up. And he's like, sure. So um sent him the song. He learned it and we kind of talked a little bit about it. And then he recorded it in his own recording studio and I recorded my part and it just kind of became a little thing. And it was, it was so much fun. I love the, I love the way it's, um, I, I love, it's a little bit more country in its sound. And I think it works very, very well. Um, and I love how Josh Freelick kind of gave it a little more twang. He, he did the instrumental for this one. So yeah, I, re- I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was during the Vancouver Olympics. A lot of us kind of got introduced to that East coast, uh, like Canadian sound, which that very much falls into. I can't, I'm going to, I feel bad now because I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's a name for it, but it's that like French Canadian. What's that? (laughs) Off Off kilter. kilter. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But like, that's a a legitimate, you know, they didn't just make that up for Epcot. Like there's a whole subgenre. I think it's called music in the key of A. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Canadian listeners. I couldn't resist. Well done. Well done. (laughs) So yeah, I, 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 that's so beautiful that I love the instrumentation on that one and the arrangement. It's just, mm. And his, his voice is gorgeous. So I know he's so brilliant. I want to meet this guy. He's again, he's still performing over there right now for Napoleon. They're just bringing. Okay. So know him. (laughs) I'm trying to think of who the bad guy would be in Napoleon other than Napoleon. (laughs) I know this is more of a, a, a I thought he was the bad guy in that story, but I don't know. I couldn't make out what was happening. I just know that Napoleon was mean to his brother (laughs) and his wife was meeting other guys and and napoleon was mad oh man <laughs> i don't know how accurate it is to the historical version but because <laughs> the only napoleon version i knew was the one from bill and ted so <laughs> <laughs> well if you're only gonna know one napoleon that's a good <laughs> one him and socrates good good combo <laughs> so all right gentlemen uh, this is this is we're gonna have a little open discussion forum for here so uh, your album now, Tammy, is one in sort of a long line of Disney cover albums. There, there have been ones that have been released as far back as, you know, the 30s and 40s. I have I've got a CD at one point that that had like a bunch of Disney um, songs from like Snow White and Pinocchio that were done by modern artists at the time. And it seemed like that was a pretty common tactic. It's like when Disney would come out with a new movie because they used really fabulous songwriters it's like they would have you know pop artists uh record the versions of those songs for play on the radio and for sale so it's always been kind of part and parcel of what disney did it wasn't invented with like beauty and the beast and aladdin like we think it is because that's when we first heard disney songs on the radio or nowadays you know we can hear we don't talk about bruno on the radio mm-hmm. um but but, but it goes back way to introduce you know, people to the music, because I think sometimes those renditions were played more often than the the movie versions, as you said. So yeah, that for me, it was the Disney mania CDs because that's what I listened to all the time. The Disney channel stars.
was probably the last time they've ever right. really done that. It's like in a little in a real album form was those. <laughs> there were like what five or six of those, or was it yeah. more than that? There Seven. Was- and then there was the other ones too, like the ones that you and I, uh, how you and I were talking about today. It's we're simply mad about the mouse, right? I think that was like late '80s. Was so that, that one was what, like Billy Joel. Cool J. What's right, the one right. with Buster Point Dexter? He does Castle in Spain from oh. and Toyland. In our castle in Spain, you'll be living rent free. Every capital gain you'll share with me. From this village below, every cent. That one is that one is actually my favorite because that's and I think it's one of the most obscure ones that was called Stay Awake. And it's all kind of like alternative artists like um, Suzanne Vega and Tom Waits does Hi-Ho, which doesn't make any sense, but is (laughs) still awesome. If only Falco were on there. Right. (laughs) And uh, uh, Yuma Sumac, if you know who she is. In the 60s, she would sing stuff with Les Baxter songs. She's like, (laughs) (laughs) like all that stuff. Yeah, the Harry Connick Bear Necessities is great. Rick Ocasek doing Zippy Duda is great. I think my all time favorite is the cover of. Spectrum Magic by David Benoit. That that to oh, me. Oh, I have not heard that one. That is it's probably good? it's probably the best version I've ever heard of it. Uh, and then there's they did the whole country thing too. The best of country sing the best of Disney. So you had Little oh. Texas, Faith Hill did Part of Your World, Colin Ray did A Whole New World, Allison Krauss, Baby Mine, which is a very nice version of that. I'm just looking because I had a lot of these CDs. I had ripped them and I'm looking back here. And then they went into a whole instrumental impressions of Bippity Boppity Bach. Remember that one? No. Yeah. No. Bippity Boppity Bach. It was uh, everything in a, in a, in a Bach uh, type thing. Was that oh around goodness. the, was that around the time they were, they had all that lullaby music for babies that was. Oh my gosh. Well, remember those? What, what was that stuff called? There uh, was a Disney lullaby CD too. Yeah, yeah. The, that was a big thing back yeah. in the 90s, I guess, was the yep. 
Maybe yeah, it was but, called Baby Bach. I don't remember, but there was. Oh, a, there was you're a, thinking like baby. the Baby Einstein thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's like it. they would, yeah, like yeah. you'd put the kids to bed and you'd be right. just Disney Baby Lullaby was the one I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. There was Disney Wake Up. That was the get your kid jacked up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had one uh, Disney's Music from the Park uh, 2007 on my list. And uh, it's a little newer, but we got the Pointer Sisters on there singing uh, Pirate's Life for Me. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't even know that, that now I want to hear that. Yeah, about <laughs> the, the bare naked lady singing uh Grim Grinning Ghosts. I've heard that one. That I like one, that yeah. version. That one's fun. 14. Okay, tracks. so yeah, Disney's music from the park. That's where David Benoit was fun. So that should be in it, right? Is that it? I'm putting this mm-hmm. down. I gotta yeah, listen. I'm gonna have to now. search that's, for some that's of where those, that was. Yeah, I found it here. From. Yeah, I didn't know really... what you were talking about because I saw it say I thought it was David Benoit. So it's not was... David Benoit. <laughs> no, it's balls. It's called Disney it, it, it Music from the Parks. Yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah okay. featuring Tim the Curry. Yeah, one on there is what? Tim Curry yeah. singing Davy Crockett, which makes no Excuse sense. Excuse me, at what? All. Tim Curry like uh, it. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Show Horror and Picture the movie Show Clue. Curry, sir, from. Uh, Home Alone. I can't wait to hear this. I cannot wait to listen to this. Yeah. Oh, it's funky. But it has a country feel. Is that Tower of Power? <laughs> Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee. Greenest state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so's he knew every tree. Killed him a bear when he was only three. David, David Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Or well, somebody has a map it. This is where the Brian McKnight remember the magic. Yes, and, yes. and Bare Naked Ladies is on there. Uh, I think we mentioned that. And then the other one was, um, oh, uh, what's her name? Um, Olivia Newton John. Uh, Olivia Newton John. Yeah, what is she, she's part of your world. And Linda Ronstadt doing a dream. One. So I have, I have one somewhere from the days of Napster or something, which is Jessica Simpson singing part of your world. Hmm. Um, so it had to have been the early 2000s when it was the era when she had her reality show with Nick Lachey. Um, so, so that was on the album Disney Mania, Brian. Okay. Uh, I don't have a year yet for you, but I know the. It's amazing. There's more of these than I thought. I remember three or four, but yeah. now we're we're what five, six deep. Yeah, and I and I was I'm not a big fan of those like. Disney oh, yeah. releasing pop artists doing it, but I do love some of the people who do what Tammy does, where they make their own albums of stuff. I'm a particular fan of Tom Amin, A M E N 
A-M-E-E-N, who does slow piano versions mm-hmm. of park and movie music. And I included a lot of that during our downtime at the last Retro Magic. And people kept coming up saying, what is this? Where can I get this? This is great. And he does a phenomenal spectrum, spectrum magic one. Well, next uh, event, we're going to be playing Disney mania in the background because I want to hear smash mouth singing. I want to be like you from the oh, jungle. It's great. Book. It's so good. And the Baja men. Oh, even better. Oh, <laughs> that's from 2002 right there. Oh, it, wow, it, those is... albums slap as the kids say. Got Usher in sync. <laughs> and then there, not to be outdone, there's Disney Mania 2, Disney Mania 3, and Disney Remix Mania. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. The one that surprised me was that um, Anderlise, I think her name, that's how you say her name, her name Anderlise Van Pohl. She played Raven's best friend, the one who's not as bright. And she covered Candle on the Water from Pete's Dragon. And I just remember like being shocked because I knew what Pete's Dragon was. I'm like, I'm sure nobody else who's listening to this album knows what it is. But I loved her rendition of it. It was really, really beautiful. It was like a piano, you know, and she has such a beautiful voice. She's a vocalist. She's outstanding. So I love that one. And then there's a really weird version of a Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty called from a girl, a girl group called Secrets. And I always love that one. It's like a dance pop thing. So that one's a good one too. If you want to listen to something, they're all good. Well, I'll tell you what another good one is. It's your cover of Veggie Veggie Fruit Fruit. So that 
that was your veggie veggie fruit root. This reminds uh, of when we had our discussion with George Wilkins uh, about uh, all the work that he's done. Did you, did you get to like bounce some of that off of George when you were working on it? Well, I told him I was going to be working on it and, and he was thrilled, you know what I mean? Because originally the idea, we what we really wanted to do was we wanted to do um, a medley. Again, I'm going to call back to Xanadu because I'm nuts, but there's a scene in Xanadu where it's the combination of the music from the 40s and the rock music and they intertwine. And my idea was, what if we have the food rocks we love junk and veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, do that. And so that's my original goal. So I asked George what he thought. And unfortunately, we love junk was never officially released or whatever excuse it was. So we couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, no, oh, but then, man. you know, I know. Right. Um, Cause I love food rocks and not a lot of people do, but, um, but it was really great because um, Josh Freelich and I were talking about this particular song. And I was like, I'm just thinking Carmen Miranda a little bit. I'm thinking of, I love Lucy and her, you know, Desi doing like those big band pieces. And I'm like, I just think that that would be so interesting to have more of like a big band sound to it a little bit. And he was like, I know what you're mm. thinking. And so he, he sent me that and I was like, Oh my gosh. I, I think that was the most excited I was during like the instrumentals coming in was that track. And I was like, Oh, this is brilliant. Cause I can dance to it too. So yeah, it is. It is definitely um, high energy. There's just so much stuff going on in that track. It's like, <laughs> oh, recording like, it was we're... so much fun. I, I, because Brendan, who is the sound mixer, had never heard the song before, and after each take, he'd be like laughing hysterically because I would do the lower vo voices. If you listen closely, you can hear the cha 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 because that's all me. So uh, he was laughing hysterically, and then we came back to the studio a week later. He's like. That song is in my head. It's still in my head. I'm like, it. I said, I know it gets stuck. <laughs> it is. It, that song is an earworm for sure. Absolutely. Um, so another another thing that um, that George worked on, and we got to talk about this, was he did a load of orchestrations for Journey into Imagination. And uh, I thought it was fascinating that you took a very different uh, approach to how you did one little spark because when you first told me oh i'm gonna do this song you know i have the version in my head a zillion times over from the epcot album which is just stream finder and figment from their section on the dream mobile and so when i got to hear this i was just like whoa i did not see this coming at all so um let's let's play it let's play your version of one little spark and then we'll talk about it when it's over. So, all right. So here's uh, Tammy Tucky's uh, One Little Spark. Imagination. 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 One little spark of inspiration is at the heart of all creation Right at the start of everything that's new One little spark Lights up for you! What about science? Technology like a newfound potion Allows us to marvel at mysteries of motion 
water dances where visions begin. Science reveals a life within. Hawaiian the style and time escapes. Watch minerals change. Let's look at nature at this speed. From germination, then back to seed. Skyrocket soar towards outer space. Imagine yourself in an infinite place. One chilling word, like shrink or killer. Story. That's how our minds create creations Right, right at, at the start, start of everything that's new One little spark <laughs> lights up for you Mix red and gold from autumn flowers Purple and blue from twilight hours Summer hills and rainbows play a part. A painter's brush. Ooh. A work of art. And sets, spoofs and romances, with laughs and tears, and footlights all aglow. The sparks ignite. Ha -ha! A brand new show. Come on, everybody, let's go. We, we all have sparks, imaginations. That's how our minds create creations. Right at the start of everything that's new. Again, I was blown away the first time I heard this because it's so complicated. It's got all of these parts, the feelings change, and you got a great dream finder to be on this with you too. Um, tell us who it is and and what he's done. And because I I just I think he if they ever need to cast another dream finder, it's like I think we have our dream finder. So, yes. <laughs> 
it's it's Patrick Richwood and I have watched this man as a kid since I as a kid in Adventures in Wonderland, which was this television series they shot at MGM Studios, um, I think for a year back in the 90s. And um, I watched it on VHS tape all the time. And then I met him because he was doing a show locally and I'd interviewed him a couple times and finally got to meet him. And and we've been in touch for so long. And um, so. Uh, who, I, was, who was he on Adventures in Wonderland? Oh, yeah. He was the White Rabbit. So he okay. was on the rollerblades okay. and in that big fursuit, <laughs> the poor man. And he's and he's and he's not that not that tall and everything. So uh, but he's just such a sweet, sweet guy. And he's he he's so good at, at the character development. That's why Gary Marshall has used him in all of his films. He used him as in Pretty Woman as the um, elevator gentleman who goes up the elevator with you know, Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. And he does the Quesara Syrah bit and beaches. And then he's the nosy neighbor in the Princess Diaries. So he's known for his character work and he can sing. So I just texted him and I was like, could you be my dream finder? And he, he has no knowledge of this ride at all. He doesn't know anything about dream finder figment. So I just send him all this material and he's like, okay, I think I got it. And I said, please make it your own. And I already had recorded my figment. And then he was just listening to that and kind of played off of it and recorded it in New York. And it just, I, this is the song I was the worried about the most because I knew figment and Dreamfinder have a huge fan base and you can't get this wrong. So um, when Disney allowed me to use the lyrics that are, were in the attraction, which shocked me, I was like, okay, great. Now we have like a whole different, you know, way of presenting the song. And Josh Freelick grew up with the attraction while I probably saw it once, but I was like one and a half they took it away in 98 josh grew up with the attraction so he and i collaborated and worked on how we wanted to do it and we didn't want to put it in the same order that the ride goes through because we wanted to surprise you um so that was and we just kind of talked through it because that was the most complicated one to figure out how we wanted it to 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 be pieced together and i just i really loved how it turned out too so i'm glad i you you really love you guys really love the attraction so i was just happy that you guys liked it <laughs> i was like okay good yeah. i can check that off we're okay everybody likes it so <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so rare to hear all of the song, you know, all of the songs and all of the lyrics from the attraction um, mm -hmm. because there were so many of them. You know, Todd, we just went through our whole journey into imagination revisited on our right. movie night. Yeah, was probably for most of the people watching. That's that was probably the one place where they've been able to see the entire ride through its entirety with all the lyrics and things intact because. You know, sometimes you'd catch half of them as you move through a room and then you were gone yeah. before the next set would go in. So mm -hmm. it's just really cool, Tammy, the way that the way that you did that. And and again, remix the order, made it your own, kept it surprising. Really good. And and as a performer, because she's not just a singer, she's an actress as well. She captured the dash of childish delight uh perfectly in her in her performance, which was a an interesting choice, an unexpected choice when I you know, when first came on, I just expected to hear one little spark and like, there was like la, a whole, la, yeah, like there was that. like a whole vignette going on. And Brian was like, well, then she yeah. could be a figment. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I, you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the other interesting things to me about the, the album is you just didn't, it's not just Tammy Tucky, like singing from Tammy Tucky's point of view and your voice. It's like, you really do kind of adopt a different character for every song. 
and there's a there's a different Tammy on each track, which was really <laughs> fascinating. That was the hard. That was also the hardest part because I would go to the recording studio and and Brendan um, would be like, okay, we, we gotta we gotta find a character for this because he understood where I was coming from, and sometimes it was difficult. Like um, I don't know if I can jump ahead, but when we were trying to figure out ICU, that was the most difficult one to get through because it's so vocally demanding, and it's like, well, I don't want to be Leona Lewis, and then what type of you know, sound am I going for? Because it's a nineties themed. So he was like, maybe just go for Celine Dion. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I can, I can try to, to take that and, and, and work with it. And, and literally we had to come back a week later because I just, it was just not working out the way I really wanted it to sound. And I came back a week later and just, we did it and we did it within like an hour and it worked. And sometimes it's just going back to the drawing board of like, what does the character need to sound like? And you have to be consistent because you're doing multiple takes. Um, Not to say that I'm so perfect. I can just do one take. No, I wish, but you also have to keep that sound. So that was another concern with figment is like, you have to keep that voice continuously. So um, it's a challenge. It's a true challenge. And you're working your muscles and your vocal muscles and it gets exhausting. And one point I said to Brendan, I said, guess what? I'm coming in there because I'm sitting down because I'm about to pass out (laughs) because you have to like really, you know, not push it too hard. So, yeah, it, it was it was it was tough. Yeah. And and we're not going to play every song on the album, but as long as we're talking about this, I, I just want to take an opportunity to point out some of the other songs that are on it, because um, I, I will tell everyone you can you can go get this on you know Spotify and you can listen to an Apple, Apple Music. But of course, we encourage you to go out and buy a copy of the CD to help reimburse the cost that Tammy went through in order <laughs> to make this happen. Um, but like you're take me out of my hole. Yeah. Your vocal performance on Hellfire is uh, incredible. There's there's some songs in here. I'm like, this isn't the Tammy that I know. This is like a very mature, different Tammy that I'm I'm accustomed to, uh, which is freaking awesome. So like that that performance knocks me out. Um, your version of uh, Main Street USA is like very theatrical in sort of like that Brigadoon kind of, you know, big way, which which was fascinating. And, and Brian, you're you're on that track, too. Yeah, Brian! Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> you can hear him, too. Put those earbuds in. You can hear Brian singing. As that, Tammy so says that, that I don't hear me, but. You know, oh, I, uh, I can so hear you. Like Brian was having so much fun that night at recording session. I just couldn't stop smiling. And it, and you were singing with my dad. So you were even like more in cloud nine. So true. We were, <laughs> Todd, Todd and I were bringing up the rear that night. Yes. <laughs> and my I, dad's I, like, I kind of know this song. We Well, that was the same thing with me. I've never, I, I'm not the person that stops and watches the trolley show. Like when yeah. I walk into the park, I'm on my way. It's early. Let's get to jungle cruise and pirates before there's a line. Like yeah. I don't, I, I'm not stopping to watch, you know, <laughs> good morning. Good morning. It's a beautiful <laughs> morning. Yeah. I'm, that's not me. Um, so I, I mean, I know the song, but I don't know the song. So that was the first night I'm sitting there with the lyric sheet and 
my the thing I remember most about the recording session is we're singing that, you know, it's no illusion, it's this game that's here. And Tammy's stopping us saying, No, 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 no. I love how they go, it's no illusion. Like we had to emphasize the no, like we were punching the no. And yep. uh, you know, I'd never been in a recording studio and had directions like that before. And so then, then you're self-conscious about it when you're singing it. Like, and then and just, no, illusion. so now whenever I see it, I'm like, there's no, no. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did great. You did great. Um, and you guys made it a great character, you know, thank you. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> um, you also have a, I, I think a, just a gorgeous version of bright little star, which I know I'm, I'm personally not a humongous Sunny Eclipse fan. I think the show is fine. And I know a ton of people <laughs> are, but I like, that's one of those songs like Todd where like, that's the first time I've ever really understood the lyrics to that, to that song and mm. really got a chance to take in like how beautiful they are. Like that is such a beautiful song. And, you know, Sunny is a great performer, but I, I think you sell the song for the, to me for the first time uh, in, in my experience of it. So um that that one really stands out as a highlight to me too um there's a version of we'll meet again from the tower of terror q which i know that we all know because that's super famous while you're waiting in line mm-hmm. um what am i yeah. missing um i see you that you talked about and and of course an original oh cowboy needs a horse from yep. Frontierland, which i think came from spin and no not from spin and marty that was like in a short right i think in 1948 short yeah, my dad had it and uh, on film, 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 so 16 millimeter. So I'd okay. seen it before and then I'd saw it on the Disney sing-along tapes because they cut it down to like two minutes and just the song. So, okay. yeah, it was cute. And it plays in the background at Thunder Mountain Railroad, near Thunder Mountain Railroad. And I did not know that because that was a replacement song for another song that wasn't released. So I was like, oh, great, because I know the song and I thought it was really cute. And so, yeah, that's really pretty too. That that's that's another one with the like really great voice. And I love I love this the sort of simple or like again country ish kind of like uh, arrangement on that one with the guitars and so the guitar is beautiful on that. Yeah, uh, and then Josh, finally, there's an original. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say Josh and I were talking about that one because he did that one, and I said what I'm picturing is the three amigos, but that scene where they're just sitting by the fire and it's just like a quiet moment where they sing the song. I said that's exactly what I'm thinking. What was that? It's just a coyote. Oh. <clears throat> I've never slept outside before. Take it easy. Take it easy. Blue shadows, Blue shadows over on the trail. My mom watched a set of twins when they were, you know, one, two, three years old. And I used to sing My Little Buttercup to them all the time from the three. My Little Buttercup, buttercup. has the sweetest smile. Oh, Brian and I are amigos. Gonna- Brian and I are going to do your musical section of Retro Magic in October. Everybody, so get ready. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll be like, these amigos are falling from the sky. <laughs> um, there's one more song on the album, though, which I, to me is kind of special because you a- actually wrote it. This is uh, a Tammy Tucky original, but it's based on an attraction, right? Yes, it's it's based on like my favorite attraction of all time that I've never even seen, um, Cinema Chic, which is by our our really lovely friend Jerry, who came to Retro Magic last time. He's he directed it. And so she's talking about Jerry Reese for those of you who weren't at Retro Magic and don't know. 
Yeah. And the, and the, basically the concept is this guy answers a phone call while you're watching a film and then the characters in the film pull him into the movie. So yeah. you're watching him go through classic films and surprises and he falls in love along the way and then he has to escape the film. He has to go back to real life. So does, will he be able to do it? So I kind of uh, took that as an inspiration for a new story and writing a song because I, I get nervous when I, I write songs a lot but I never really put them out there at all such so as for me and uh, my last written song was from 2015 so this is like the first time I've released one in a long time and I was really nervous because it's 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 a little bit it's it's out there it's not a typical you know song song and it's more of a story song so I just really loved putting it together but I was so nervous <laughs> that was an attraction for the Disney Studios park in Paris that. Yes, 2002, I think it came yep. out because that's when the part that part of the park opened, right? Correct. And then yeah. it ran until 2017. Yes, sadly, I never got to see it. One of these days, maybe and they might bring it back. No, I don't think so. But um, but yeah, <laughs> I think Tony Baxter worked on it, too, because he was there for the last performance of the show because he loved it so much. There's like photos of him at the performance with uh, the guy who plays Martin Short at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. with the crazy wig. I had to find it. I'll send it to you guys. But yeah, it's, it's a really wonderful piece. And I got a message from Jerry and he really liked it. So I was like, oh, phew, all good. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, it is lovely. It really, it really is. So, um, um, you. so you're going to be with us when we have our next retro magic event this October uh, or September 29th and October 1st, right, Brian? Yeah, what well, wouldn't be a retro magic event without Tammy Tucky, right? You're filling my Tammy heart Tucky. with so much butterflies. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm really excited. So I don't know what you guys want me to do. I'm going to be finding out everybody We've, along the way. We, but... Well, we just keep talking about it. Tammy's always a big help with <laughs> uh, connecting us with, with some folks uh, that she's interviewed over the years or trying to entice folks who might not be so like, yeah, she discussed with Allie being nervous about coming there and performing yeah. before a group of people and, and a song that she had not sung since 1982. Uh, you know, uh, so, that, so Tammy's a great help to us in, in that respect. And, and there are some other folks out there that are helping us try to corral some things. And I know Hal's working on, the uh, the graphics so that we can finally announce uh, some of our confirmed guests. I'm hoping next week oh, or so. Yes. And uh, it's going to be an exciting mixture of uh, folks that had stuff to do with Epcot Center. Maybe a couple of Epcot 94 folks, maybe an Epcot 95 folk. By the time Epcot it was Epcot 96. Folk. Well, those are the Epcot Center folks. They're oh, center covers about see, 11 yeah. or 12 years. And then you, then you There's get a Epcot line down the middle of Retro Magic this year. Right? And then it's it became just, just lowercase Epcot. You know? <laughs> There's a line down the middle of, of Retro Magic, like where we just step from one, lose <laughs> like the center. The prime Meridian will just. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just jump over it. Oh, we're in the, the entire first half of Retro Magic will match the length of Dark Side of the Moon. So if you've ever heard that thing. So. <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, I'm also going to say, uh, without revealing what they are, that Tammy is uh, loaning the uh, Historical Society some artifacts 
for display some <laughs> some stage used and prop uh, artifacts uh, that are from some of Epcot's most notable and memorable performances and attractions. That's all I'm going to say. They're all right I'm next to me, right over here. I have them mm -hmm. all ready to send to Hal. <laughs> They're coming. They're going to be. In they're the, going to be there, all right. They're, they're going to be in the centurium uh, <laughs> on display. Oh yeah, I can't wait for you guys to see. <laughs> well, since we're talking about Epcot and older Epcot, let's go back to Tammy's first album and let's play her really cool mashup of Tomorrow's Child and New Horizons.
that's like a that's like a the big cap off number, isn't it? It's like boom. Mm-hmm. Um so do we do we want to talk real quick, just to like a refresher in case people have never heard of uh, retro magic, like kind of what it is in a nutshell and what we're doing it and where to get tickets and all that stuff? Well, sure. Uh, you can go to retromagic.org or retromagic.net. Either of them will get you to where you need to be. It gives you information about the show uh, and, and the performances and the guests that are coming. Uh, and all the particulars, but it's going to be the weekend of the, as you said, the September 29th and October 1st this year, held at the convention center of the Walt Disney World Yacht Club Resort uh, there in Walt Disney World. And uh, we have a, a welcome ceremony scheduled on stage for Saturday evening on the 29th, a VIP cocktail party before that, which is sold out at the moment. And then on Sunday, there's an all-day event uh, where it'll be um, more of the presentations and panel discussions and lots of really, really cool stuff having to do with Epcot Center. And I also want to mention that tomorrow's Child New Horizons mashup, let's not forget that uh, Amy, uh, Tammy and Allie closed our 2019 Retro Magic by performing that uh, in their own impromptu uh, live <laughs> duet. It was not recorded as a duet, but they, uh, they, you know, handled the curveball and went up there and hit it out of the park. What a great way to end that show. Oh, that was fun. That was a blast. And, and we were, we were practicing at the hotel a couple of times because uh, Allie kind of was putting a harmonizing arrangement of her vocals to mine. So it, it, re- it really worked out perfectly to especially with the the i think you had some video footage of epcot behind us too so it it was the perfect you know combination and and we can't wait to have you at our next one too so uh thank I'm you so there for being with us tonight for for walking us through the album and telling us some of the behind the scenes stuff with it uh it's it's been a real pleasure to have you and Tell us all the places that someone can find you online and, and how to get your album and, and your podcast, your podcast and, you know. and see your video show. Yeah. Cause you do, again, you are like the threat. It's like you have <laughs> one of the longest running podcasts in probably Disney history. It's like you sing, you dance, you perform. It's like you do all this, you know, if there was an Epcot, you got, you got it. So tell us, tell, tell the folks where they can find you. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a lot of fun and got to give credit to, you know, Hal because he really helped produce my album and I could not have done it. I wouldn't have stayed sane. Poor Hal has all these text messages of me going, it's not, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And he was just so encouraging and sweet and helped with all of these questions I had and I couldn't have done it without you. So thank you. Thank you very, very much for being so amazing. It it was my pleasure. It really was. (laughs) I send Hal text messages like that all the time, too. So don't feel bad. <laughs> OK, at least I'm not the only one. So I tell um, him all the time. Tammy's not good enough. Tammy's not good enough. And he, <laughs> that that right there is a Todd Tucky joke right there is a Todd Tucky joke. Oh, he's going to be so happy when he hears this. He's be like, <laughs> I've been mentioned twice. <laughs> 
But you can find me um, at my website at TammyTucky.com, which how designed, by the way. Um, if you want to buy the album Glowing in Timeless Places, um, you could buy a CD copy if you want physical media, which is always appreciated. Or you can stream it and buy it on Amazon or iTunes. Um, it's at <laughs> TammyTucky.com slash order. And um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Tammy Tucky, Facebook at facebook.com slash singer Tammy Tucky. And what I'll be back with my podcast a little bit more because I've been busy with the album. Um, the end of May, I have about seven interviews lined up and they're all live and they're on Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. So um, just keep an eye on at youtube.com slash Tammy Tucky for more fun updates about some really great interviews. I have a really good one coming up, so I'm really excited for it. <laughs> yeah, and she has an incredible, how many episodes do you have of your show now? 300. I think I'm at 300 now because I started back in 2011. So uh, I think I'm around there. Yeah, I think I'm around there now. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like I I do not say this lately, but Tammy has interviewed a who's who of yes. of of Imagineers and musicians and singer songwriters and performers and I mean a incredibly <laughs> wide gamut. I, and- People, people that, that I'm jealous that we yeah. have been able to people talk. that are people that are gone now too, like Ed Asner and did you interview Helen Reddy? You interviewed I interviewed Helen, Helen Reddy, yeah. Debbie Reynolds, yeah. Ed Asner, yeah, all folks that are gone now. That uh, you know, Tammy got a chance to chat with them about stuff that they did uh, related to Disney often, and sometimes just related to other stuff that they did. And, mm-hmm. No, I love just going back lucky. and listening to those. Yeah, very. <laughs> It's been great. I love doing the reunions. And now not not only is the podcast. Oh, yeah. When you put Leslie Ann Warren and John Davidson back together for, you know, for the happiest millionaire. I had to uh, mute myself because they were admitting that they both had crushes on each other during the filming of that. I felt like I was I was in a room that I shouldn't be in. And like I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. So I had to mute myself. I'm laughing. There is not a night that passes now for the rest of his life that John Davidson's not going damn. No. What a missed and opportunity. Leslie too. And the one, Leslie the too. One that, they the were one cute. that got away. <laughs> but yeah, it, I, 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 not only Disney, but I'm now kind of expanding to Broadway and pop culture in general. So it's now called the Tammy Tucky Show because it used to be the Tierra Talk Show. It's yeah. now the Tammy Tucky Show. So the happiest millionaire when I finally sat down to watch it oh, 10 years oh ago or so. Uh, I I literally watched it in two days because it, it, the, the movie's like three and a half hours long. So I okay. sat there and watched the first half and then I went to bed and then I it came back the after intermission. Up, and I yeah, I did. I stopped it at the intermission and went to bed. And then the next day I watched the other half of it. And it's because they they the the version that's out is like the longest version and Yes. Although this is not a Disney musical or film podcast in any way, shape, or form, but when you do read the history of it, you know, it's Walt Philadelphia. Pa- we, yeah, we, and, we Walt, and Walt, and Walt passed required. away when it was in production. So, yeah, the theory is that had he lived, it probably would have been a tighter, more well put together film than what was ultimately. They just released everything. Like, oh, we filmed all this stuff. Let's just release it. <laughs> And they cut one song, which is on a Sherman Brothers uh, 
uh, CD from the early 2000s, which I love. And I love the song, which is about the kids coming home at Christmas. But none of that has to do with Tammy's album. <laughs> I still love to talk about it. have something to do with the third album, Wink. Oh, no, just kidding. Oh, my goodness. Maybe not. I don't the know. Christmas album. The Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> It could just be all Parks Christmas music. I have to do the Disney Princess's 12 Days of Christmas song. Have you heard that? I would appreciate if you did not do that. Well, if they do that, I, I nominate Brian to be Geppetto. Uh, like, uh, 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 what's his Avery name? Avery Schreiber. Avery Schreiber. Like, yeah, Avery you can be Geppetto. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the Drew Carey Geppetto for a second. No, no, no. no, no. We go back no. further than that. We go way back. We go way Give back. me a real boy. boy. You know, <laughs> Pinocchio, you look like pepperoni. Uh, Pinocchio, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so in the, bad. Yes, he's the so bad. he's the possibly Italian, but also possibly German <laughs> father of Pinocchio. <laughs> I'm not too sure it what works, but it's okay. Yes, that works in Switzerland, right? Because you're kind of right in between. That's yeah, right. There you go. That's right. Yeah, he's European. That's it. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you again, Tammy, for being here. Uh, and Brian, take us out. Follow the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society on Twitter and Instagram at LBV History and on the web at lbvhistory.org. For all things Retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at retrowdw.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at retrowdw. And follow our hosts, Todd McCartney, on Twitter at wdwms, Hal Bowers on Twitter and Instagram at goawaygreen, JT on Twitter at LS1JT and on YouTube at Rubber City Motoring and on the web at RubberCityMotoring.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Brian P. Miles. Retro Disney World is the monthly podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society, a nonpartisan, nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 organization and is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiary or affiliated entities. Keep them till we meet again in the glow.